If you've spent any time in the outdoors, you've no doubt heard the adage, pack it in, pack it out. Don't leave trash or leftover food in the wilderness and try to leave a place better than you found it. But what about things that aren't so easy to pack out, like human waste? Are you supposed to pack it out when nature calls and you're hiking in the middle of nowhere? The decision you make could affect people far away. For example, your choice about where and how you conduct your bathroom activities, say in a place like Rocky Mountain National Park, could affect the drinking water of someone hundreds of miles away on the eastern plains of Colorado. Probably the biggest single misconception may be that one person really can't harm a place. That's Ben Lahan. He's the education director for the Leave No Trace Center for Outdoor Ethics in Boulder, Colorado. We're hiking with Ben in the foothills above Boulder to learn more about their organization and how they help people enjoy natural areas with minimal impact. Okay, so there are seven principles to Leave No Trace. We've got plan ahead and prepare, travel and camp on durable surfaces, dispose of waste properly, uh, leave what you find, minimize campfire impacts, respect wildlife, and be considerate of other visitors. It's that third one, dispose of waste properly, that we're out hiking with Ben to talk about. Um, I think for a lot of folks, the idea of picking up, dealing with, packing out the human waste is probably um, sort of uh, not the most pleasant thought. Uh, Definitely not. So instead, what they recommend, if there's no facility around, you make something called a cat hole. And that's basically a six to eight inch deep hole. You know, the diameter, I like to say jokingly, it depends on your aim, but we typically recommend kind of a four inch diameter hole. And we recommend that people uh, use the hole to do their business. So you make your deposit in the hole. What about the toilet paper? People often ask about the toilet paper. Um, We recommend you bury the toilet paper deeply in the hole. Uh, mix in soil, cover the hole well and disguise it, and uh, generally it's good to go. Okay, well, if I've made my cat hole and then made my deposit, is there still a chance it would reach a waterway? Potentially. So the, the key there is that we recommend that you do any sort of toilet activity a minimum of 200 feet from any water source, campsites, or trails. So how do you estimate 200 feet in the woods? So we tell kids about 100 big steps, roughly 70 adult paces. Does that apply to urine as well? Generally, we don't advocate digging a hole. I mean, I I think that um, because, you know, liquid tends to percolate pretty quickly into the soil, maybe the disturbance of soil from digging is probably not warranted for urine just due to the percolation. We do advocate at times to urinate on durable surfaces when you can. The reason being, if an animal were to sort of go for the salt in your urine and maybe go root around somewhere they otherwise would never go, um, if you can you know, keep that to a more durable surface or a non-vegetated surface, then you kind of minimize that chance. The big take-home is that human waste is one of those impacts in the outdoors that we can do something about. Um, most people tend to produce roughly a pound of solid human waste per day. So do the math. Um, there's around 7 billion people on the planet. It's a lot of poop that we need to deal with. Mm. Uh, but it's one of those things that we, it's an avoidable impact in many cases. And it's not just bodily waste. Ben and Leave No Trace recommend that you brush your teeth or bathe about 200 feet away from a water source as well. Because we deal with cumulative impacts over time, all these things add up. These best practices aren't just his opinion. Leave No Trace guidelines are science-based. They work with researchers to make the recommendations, researchers like Bill Bataglin. And the tributaries, the, you know, those streams that feed into the Platte River, there were uh, 
quite a few contaminants and then and about a, I think around 25 or so pharmaceutical compounds. Bill's a research hydrologist with the USGS. We met him at a conference for emerging contaminants where he presented his work about studying Rocky Mountain National Park and other areas of the South Platte River watershed. Bill and his team did a study looking for man-made compounds like pharmaceuticals and pesticides and personal care products, even chemicals that could come off your clothes like dyes. You're carrying around some chemicals and so one of the, th the objectives of the study was to determine what chemicals we found in the park because that was somewhat unknown. They looked at front country sites, places where you don't venture too far from your car, as well as backcountry locations where you hike in quite a distance. We would be collecting samples from locations that were a mile or more from a, from a parking lot, sometimes up to 10 miles away from a parking lot, and we would see degradation products of nicotine, lidocaine, which may or may not be coming from use as a topical painkiller or as use as a recreational drug. We saw, you know, we had heart medicine, diabetes medicine, blood pressure control medicine, sometimes a suite of medications you'd see in a sample that would be, well, there's an overweight person who has a heart problem. They've been sampling for three years in Rocky Mountain National Park and other locations and found chemicals frequently enough to determine they were valid results. Other places like downstream of the big campground on the east side, we saw, you know, EE2. That's, that's birth control. That's not coming from any animal. They don't use it to birth control any of the wildlife yet up there, so that's definitely people. So you know, we know that's a, a definitive marker of, of human inputs. This emerging research from USGS in places like Rocky Mountain National Park will help leave no trace, educate about human impact, and make recommendations to park and open space managers. No one expects hikers to skip their medications, but instead to urinate and wash their hands 200 feet from a water source. Also, you might want to be aware of what kind of soaps you use. Triclosan in particular is one of those ones. It's you know, the antibacterial compound that's used in a lot of soaps. You know, there are these antibacterials, and that was one of the ones that just would not degrade. And so that, to us, that suggests that perhaps the Park Service should you know, recommend that if you're going to the backcountry, you should use soaps that don't have those. The Leave No Trace group says that although their goal is to raise awareness about how we impact outdoor areas, it's not just so the next person can enjoy a pristine hike, but also because these places are sources of our water. Again, Ben Lahan. In the case of us here in Colorado, it's snow falls in the mountains, it melts in the spring, it runs into our rivers and streams, that becomes our drinking water. We're always making more people, we're not making more land. But he says don't be paralyzed. They're not asking for perfection when you're out in the wilderness. You know, this is not a heavy-handed approach. It's not an all or nothing. We're not the hiking police. We don't expect you to come out here and levitate over the ground. And in fact, he emphasizes their principles aren't rules, they're ethics. You know, and I like to think of an ethic as what you do when nobody's watching, when you're the only one that has to make that decision. These aren't rules, these aren't regulations, it's not black or white. It's a program designed to make people think about what they do in the outdoors, how it might affect the outdoors, and then also spur them to become stewards of the places that they enjoy. From the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, I'm Franny Halperin. And I'm Jamie Sudler, and you're listening to H2O Radio.